Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm here today with Nick Grinberg. He runs GMD Digital, who are now officially Australia's largest digital agency. So pretty excited to have them on. They've had meteoric growth over the last 12 months and have had a really interesting career getting to this point. So I'm excited to hear about his journey, about his background, and what has allowed him to really get that growth and really grow. Because in our previous conversations, he's told me some really interesting things. So Nick... Before we get started, where where in the world are you right now, and what is your favorite food? <laughs> um, I'm. Uh, we're by the way, we're the largest independent digital agency, so the, the big networks are slightly bigger than us, um, <laughs> several billion dollars bigger. But um, it's a really good question. I am in Cremorne in Victoria, which is Australia's smallest suburb. Fun fact, and my favorite food, steak. Oh, dude. Medium, what like kind a of? A good, like medium rare, nice, like, nice ribeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So tell me about your journey, dude. What, what, do you, what is your cultural background, first thing? Let's get started with that. Um, so I am a Ukrainian immigrant. Um, came here when I was like six years old. Um, so I guess much like, much like any... Um, immigrant like you know my 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 parents main goal was to bring myself to australia i'm an only child um i guess so w- when we arrived you know sort of pretty apparent some of the differences between like you know growing up like you know in the former ussr versus like you know seeing what australian kids are like um so i, I guess from the outset i kind of saw that like with the way my parents raised me, it was around very much around driving performance. So, you know, for example, when my mom and dad went to school, you know, like there was no such thing as like participation awards, you know, with, with sport or academics, like you either win or you don't win. Um, you know, kids in school got like ranked from first to last. So it, it wasn't almost like it didn't like, you know, in, obviously in Australian culture, it's very much like we're all about equality and, and, you know, now more so than ever, like this, this political correctness piece, whereas, you know, in, in sort of former USSR, people didn't give a fuck. They just, it, it was what it was. You won or you didn't win, you performed or you didn't perform. So that kind of gave me a different mentality. Um, and yeah, and I, yeah, I guess that that's kind of like always sort of predisposed me to to something like business, to to something like starting an agency. Okay. So coming up in that kind of family dynamic, what do you do after you finish your schooling? Um, I went into like I busted my ass for a like a a high into score. Well, it wasn't worth shit to me in the end because I didn't end up. I went into a degree nutrition and dietetics. And I didn't do anything with it. Um, I took a year off to try start an uh, online business called My Retailer, which didn't really go anywhere. But like after that year, I kind of knew that, hey, like digital, this is awesome. This is going to be huge. Um, And so once I finished my course, I started kicking around, you know, trying to start had an online auctions website, had a shoe store online did a lot of affiliate marketing and yeah, that's kind of was my start in digital. Okay. And how do you learn along the way? Do you bring in mentors and what was your process for understanding how this whole thing works? Yeah, it was a really good question. Um, I mean, 
I mean, at, at, at the start, I just learned from anyone and everyone. Like, I just read a lot of blogs, read a lot of books. Like, I had really smart people, like, point me to resources that I needed. So, you know, like, you know, like my, my uncle's a, you know, pretty prominent Australian business person. He kind of said, hey, you know, seems like you're getting into business. Read, think and grow rich. Read how to win friends and influence people. Read rich dad, poor dad. Um, so that was super helpful. But as I kind of got, you know, further on in my career, the way I learn is um, I look at people that have done what I what I want to do, and I'll go and ask them for advice. Okay, that's very direct. So, when did the agency come back? So you said you're doing this affiliate stuff. Did, were you did you keep running that affiliate stuff, or when did you stop and make the switch? No, I um. I sort of kept the AF stuff going for about like two to three years after uni. But anyone that sort of has done AF knows that it's not the most healthy of lifestyles to live, to sort of park your yeah. life behind a computer. And, and it's kind of a bit of a feast or famine. Um, like you can really do well, um, you know, if you get onto the right network and the right offer and at the right time. But I don't know, I'm, I'm more of a people person. I get my energy from interacting with people. So ultimately, I went to work at an agency because I'm like, you know, I felt I had the credibility because I was like, you know, a lot of the time I was you know, doing bigger AF spends than, you know, some of Australia's larger businesses. Um, and so I'd be like, look, I, I kind of want the people piece. So I went to work at an agency. Um, and then, yeah, that, that's kind of where I got my agency chops from. Okay, so then when did this own agency of yourself, Jim G, start? So, two, so I worked at an agency uh, called Web Dynamic for two years, um, met my uh, now business partner there, um, and yeah, we just we were there for two years. And uh, like I remember I was, the, I was the guy bringing in the sales and, and he was delivering. He was actually we, – um, uh, we were doing uh, – he, he was really good at, at, at search engine optimization. And, um, you know, so I'd sell something and I'll just give it to him to deliver. And then um, I think it was like one time we had an annual review and we both asked for a bit more money and didn't get it and said, well, fuck it. Like, we're just going to go do this ourselves. <laughs> so you guys Don't get me wrong, great place to work, though. But yeah. that was that I remember that at the time that was the kind of like the the sort of the the the, the divergent path. Knowing what you know now, and if you were, I know you're hiring really great people. If they were to come to you with a similar proposition, how would you, how would you treat that? How would you make sure that you retain that top quality talent? It's a really good question. Well, I will retain it if it's best for for both of us for them to be retained. If someone has, you know, like just a sea of opportunity elsewhere, it's not. I, I kind of don't have the moral compass to be like, no, nah, I'm just going to manipulate into staying within, you know, GMG. You know, it's it's really all about understanding where people want to go. You know, and a simple met, a simple, I guess, it's not simple, but you know, it's 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 it, the concept is you say, cool, where is it that you want to go? If the best, if GMG is the best vehicle to help you get there, then I'll articulate why that's the case, um, and then you know, hopefully they stay on that journey with us for as long as it's useful for them. Um, but, you know, just as simply if it's if it's casual with someone, you know, we've had people leave our walls and go on to be, you know, start their own businesses or, you know, uh, get really prestigious roles at larger agencies. And, and that's something that's really cool with me. Like, I, I want to celebrate that. 
because you, know, you can't really force people to, 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 do, to do anything. Um, so, you know, I consider that a win where, you know, someone's been in our ecosystem for a bit, added a lot of value and, you know, a set time in the future, you know, they depart. That's cool with me. It's cool. Do you think if anything went differently with that conversation, you'd stay with that other agency much longer yourself? Sorry, say that again, mate. I missed that. Yeah. If anything went different with other agency, if they, if they said, yes, we'll give you the extra money, would you have stayed much longer or would that, is that just a temporary measure? You know what? I, I like... Potentially, I was. I actually got offered more, like a, a job at Deloitte Digital, which was like a pretty, yeah. Like they're they're still like, they do a lot of really good work. Um, and I remember like it sort of being a bit of a coin toss as to like whether you know John and I start this agency or we or I go to Deloitte Digital, and like, uh, yeah, it's hard to say what I would have done. I mean, I reckon I, if, if the original, if Web Dynamic had given John and I the money we'd ask for when we'd asked for it, we may have stayed for a little bit longer. But I like to think that this was probably an, an inevitability like an eventually. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what drives you in business? Sorry, say that again? What's your driving force? Why do you do this? Um, it's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to try to give you not a bullshit answer. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, like, like personal prosperity, I want, you know, myself, my family, my network uh, to do well. I want to be able to, you know, give a, a good life to people around me and, and, and generally make my immediate world better. Um, but I guess the other thing is, like, you know, uh, the main reason the agency exists is, you know, our whole remit is, like, we want to make the digital world measurably better. So like, cause like I was in dietetics and I'm like, like this was borderline depressing. Like the, the, the digital saved me. I'm like, shit, like you can make money selling shit on eBay. You can make money promoting, you know, eBooks on how to get your dog to not shit on the carpet. Like you can do that. That's incredible. And wow, you can do all these other things. You can do online gaming, online dating, or all this stuff. And so I guess it really motivates me to be a big part of, you know, like Australian businesses and their digital growth. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really fucking exciting in, in, in this particular, in, for, you know, in agency land, that is. That's cool. When you started the agency, what was your process? And did you have, was, was there a strategic process you guys brought out to actually grow the business, get the talent? Do the work yourself. Or... <laughs> it changes, man. It, it, like, like you know, growing from you know half a million dollars to you know a million dollars, a million to five, five to twenty, twenty to a hundred. It all changes, like because the, the problems you have you at that down. first stage. And... <laughs> Did you Sorry? just go zero to hundred? Oh no, no, no! no. <laughs> I wish when when we're nowhere near a hundred yet. Say, it but sounds I, like I, exactly I, like the process that um, Mark Ford talks about. Oh yeah. I, to be honest with you, not familiar with it, but it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's just different challenges. I mean, and the funny thing is I've built processes and had people and systems that was like, yeah, that's awesome for the five to 10, but that same stuff potentially works against you when you're going 10 to 20. So what, what kind of stuff did you bring in when you first started the business and then how's that changed? So originally it was just John and I, and we're kind of like, almost the perfect startup pair because we didn't need anyone else. We didn't need to raise funds because I knew I could sell and John knew he could deliver. So, you know, um, 
you know, well, I actually, like uh, our mutual friend Dimmer knocked up our first website in 24 hours and we were away. You know, GMG stands for Google Maps Guru. So we only did Google Maps optimization at the time. Um, and so I was just picking up, I was just pure, like, effort, just making 40 cold calls or 40 to 80 cold calls a day. Just trying to trying to um uh, trying to get businesses on board, doing mass email outs to yet the yellow pages database, um, and then we added some people, we added account managers, we added salespeople, and then all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't just about sheer effort. It was you know you started to have to introduce some leadership and start saying, well, hey, like you know you got to let like rescind some control and help people do things for you, and then as you grow you know, all of a sudden you, you, you back, it's less and less about you as a producer and more and more about you as a leader. So I've learned some really like interesting lessons on, on human beings and leadership and made a shit ton of mistakes. And that's kind of when I think about like, you know, like my, my career development and, 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 um, and personal development, it's, it's pretty much more about, you know, becoming a leader as opposed to sort of uh you know being really technically good at digital marketing because i have smarter people now in my agency that are just so much better than i can ever hope to be at that okay you mentioned a lot there about cold outreach for your sales Mm -hmm. is that your primary sales process or how do you guys approach sales now yeah now Okay, I mean, present day, we've got a bit of a reputation. So given that our sort of target market is is kind of your, your sort of enterprise level of clients, you know, we've we've been at this for, you know... Do you want you to know, stop you for a second there? Sure. You're working with enterprise now, but you said initially you worked with actually anyone by sounds of things. Yeah, small business. When did that shift occur? It wasn't like an on-off switch. It was more like a dial, if that makes sense. Like, you know, we started... We, we, we started winning larger clients. We started getting a reputation in organic search. We started winning larger clients around, you know, maybe year two, year three of the business. Um, we account managed those clients really well. That Those clients started asking us, oh, hey, can you do this and can you do that and can you do design and can you do paid media and can you do, you know, full campaign creative? And then we kind of grew through them. Um, and at one point we realized, hey, our rates, our economics, our people can't service the sort of the small business um, uh, clients that we used to have. And we kind of had a, you know, a natural churn of those clients. And, you know, we found that, you know, when, when we spoke to people or when we attended events, we talked about, you know, what it is that, that made our agency unique and the value we could add, we attracted more and more of that. And it wasn't straight away small business enterprise. You know, there's a there's a big band in the middle. But we found ourselves progressively working with kind of, you know, clients with, with a larger spender, with more of an appetite for innovation and, you know, with, with a, I guess, a more focus towards digital. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's more of that natural progression just as... As your skill set improves, you naturally just can't service that lower end of the market. Yeah, yeah, and that, and you know what, there are so many good agencies out there that that um, that can. And the thing is, the one interesting thing that I've learned about like an agency is that you know you have to wrap around your client's business, so you can't possibly be everything to everyone. 
you know, there are, there are certain categories like of business that we do really well, you know, other categories, not so well, certain size of business that we do really well, others not so well. And that's just the lesson that I guess I've, I've learned over the years. That's cool. Let's talk about the sales process now. So initially it was very much cold outreach, et cetera. Now you're talking mm-hmm. about, is it coming through all inbound to you or are you guys still doing a lot of that outreach strategy? Because we've got such a small, Sorry, like, you know, there are only like so many heads of digital. Sorry, mate? I lost you there for like two seconds. Can you just repeat that last bit? I said, um, we're still, we, you know, we do get a lot of inbound, but it by no means mean, by no means we still have to do outbound stuff. So because we have a very sort of small community in the sense of, you know, there are only so many heads of digital and CMOs of, you know, uh, kind of like enterprise level clients we go to the right events we publish articles to the right you know blogs and 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 article sites um we very much i guess our business development is getting our thinking out there um and when someone likes what it is that we're talking about um you know we start a conversation with them now those conversations the thing that you know when we started our sales cycle could be anywhere from three days to maybe max a month. Our sales cycles now to win a large full service, you know, digital um, retainer or a, or a, uh, or a media uh, retainer, you know, that can go from anywhere from three months to, to 24 months. Um, so it's, it's our business development life sort of like strategy has changed. Um, we're in market talking to a lot of brands that we will not have a chance of doing business with, you know, for the next 12 months. But we're, we're, you know, we're having these conversations where, you know, we're trying to add value where we can because we know that eventually when their, like, media does come up for tender, we're going to be in the mix. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So what kind of place are you publishing articles in and where are you, what kind of events are you trying oh, to it's, it's It's stuff like... Mumbrella, BNT, um, Power Retail, because we do a lot of work in retail. Um, yeah, just sort of uh, publications that are kind of read by Australian, you know, uh, marketing stakeholders. That's cool. So a lot of publishing, a lot of events. Uh, you doing any email in that mix as well through outreach? Yeah, getting... yeah. We, I mean, we use. I think we we use um we use HubSpot. So you know, we've got a kind of like our segmented email list. Like we've got our prospects, and we send them like you know uh, some of our thinking at intervals. Um, yeah. In terms of in terms of so, did you ask about events? Yeah, let's talk about the events. Um, so we do a mixture of the big events like um, you know your ad techs and your CXO summits and um, things like we were just up in the Gold Coast for iMedia Brand Summit. Um, that, that we do those events, but we also do our own events. Like we did, we do we do things like um, uh, like boardroom lunches. So we get like fifteen to twenty um, you know uh, digital leaders in you know in a room and we kind of do a round table discussion pay for their lunch and that helps us drum up some business too um we do a lot of uh, partner events with like google uh, we did a an event the 2018 attainable innovation summit we did 
couple of months ago um, in Sydney. So yeah, events are a major, major driver for us because again, it, it's just it's just being face to face with people. Like mo- most most of our team, of, they're, they're so passionate. Like they just can't help themselves. They'll meet someone and you know they'll they'll just just start talking and you know about what it is they're passionate about. Whether it's you know kind of like voice SEO or media personalization or the latest and kind of like um you know uh, data management platforms. Like and inevitably, people get interested in what it is we're talking about in these events. Exactly, and that really it's helps us in that kind of environment. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned that the last twelve months have been pretty meteoric in terms of growth. I think you said mm-hmm. doubled in size. What would you say has attributed to that? Um. So I mean, the 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 sort of the bottom of funnel reason is what we've won. We've had a couple of key client wins, um, but you know if you go back sort of two to three years, we were probably laying the foundations of that two to three years ago by hiring really smart people. Like I can't stress enough that in agency land, you live and die by the quality of your people. It's not how nice your office is. It's not how well branded your agency is. It's all about the quality of your people. So we kind of had a bit of a shift in mentality two to three years ago where we said, look, we're going to potentially in the short term sacrifice some of our, some of our I guess, uh, profits, invest in people. So we bought some some pretty senior talent on from, you know, some of the larger agencies um, in Australia, brought them over to us as a plucky independent. Um, and that's kind of probably now two, three years later paid dividends. And you know we're we're doing it again. We're we're on a, a, a sort of a, a a big senior talent hunt at the moment. Okay, what's your approach to hiring? How do you find these right people? How do you know that they are the right fit for your culture and for where you guys want to go? Holy shit, that's like a million dollar question. Um, <laughs> look, I'm I've I've we we've, we've made a lot of mishires. So I've li- I felt the pain of having someone literally bullshit me as to what, what it is they can do and what it is they're about throughout an interview process than having them land in my business and been able to deliver on none of what it is they said that they're going to do. So um, our interview process has like become pretty robust. So it's a mixture of, um, you know, for, for the average kind of client-facing role, so be it a, you know, account manager or, or someone in, in, in BDM or um, you you do things like um, psychometric tests. We do a lot of psychometric mm-hmm. testing. So we, you know, test things like, you know, someone's verbal reasoning, numerical reasoning, um, ability to work under pressure, uh, we do some personality profile testing. We put them through a, 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 a pretty uh, robust technical test just to see how they, um, res- you know, how, what, what is their digital knowledge like for the area in which that they're applying in. Um, we do, we do really, really thorough background checks. So, you know, people give you references, but you know, the, the people we're hiring come from, generally, they come from reputable agencies. You know, having the luxury of, 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 of a good network will help us ask questions of various people, say, hey, have you worked with this person? We do really robust, you know, yep. background checks to say, yep, this person's actually good or no, they're not good. Um, uh, we also work with a really few select specialist digital recruiters. Okay. Um, yeah. 
within all that you kind of mentioned what is your revenue model here so is it purely retain type contracts project contracts or do you have other most stuff in that mix most of our stuff uh we don't really do the um the kind of equity model or the profit share model it's just not something that we're interested in um yeah most of it is time and materials um mostly on retainer i mean with with the media stuff you just generally make a a media a percentage of of spend um yeah but it's 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 nothing fancy we do what sort of what we do do is we 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 have a like a a standard kind of agreement but then we have a almost like a performance related retainer so or performance related incentives so maybe it's like if we're managing your media um we'll say great there's a baseline of eight percent of your spend that we get but if we hit certain kpis it goes up to nine percent or ten percent for that month Okay, that's cool. So we're really, we're, we really want to make sure that we align like our remuneration with our kind of commercial performance for our clients. I think it's sort of been one of the biggest gripes I've had with big agencies in the past. They've had those those remuneration structures that don't necessarily align with the business. It's you're incentivized mm. to spend without really making that return. So that makes a lot of sense that you guys have those. KBIs in place. Absolutely, it's it's actually like you know the, the the big agencies like everyone's eating their lunch. You know, everyone from like independents like us to the the consultancies like Deloitte and PwC. Yeah, the I, I won't go into that's a whole nother rant in and of itself. But <laughs> you know, yeah, they just they, 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 there hasn't been as much innovation. Um, you know, with, with things like commercial models and. It's uh, you know, it, a lot of a lot of the bigger brands are kind of waking up and saying, okay, like you know, you've got these agencies like like us and 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 hundreds of other plucky independents that you know will work harder for them, you know, that and and that will kind of put skin in their game. We'll make sure that hey, we're not just here to you know punch the clock and bill you for the for for hours. We're actually vested in you know your commercial outcomes, and we're willing to to you know put our billing on the line for that. That's cool. That is really cool. So putting that in place, it sounds really exciting. What else do you see as future opportunities? Is more hire more people, grow, mm. or is there something you see changing next well, year? I, I, I'll tell you what I like. It's it's a medium to long term thing. So you know, GMG as I mentioned uh, stands for Google Maps Gurus. We evolved from just a Google Maps optimization agency. We became GMG Digital. The interesting thing over the next two to three to maybe five years is that everything is now digital. So, you know, you can buy billboards digitally. You can buy TV media digitally. You know, uh, like, so the the thing that was once a category of marketing, digital marketing, it's is marketing. now becoming just marketing. So that presents in and of itself a really interesting opportunity slash hurdle that means that, you know, well, we're going to lose our kind of specialist badge. We just have to become, I mean, you know, we have to pr- present ourselves as, as a holistic marketing solution, which, you know, that, that involves us changing some of our, the way we tell our stories and the way that we represent our brand. Um, but I think that, that that's probably the future. It's about, you know, agencies like us that are already comfortable with the with kind of the digital landscape, 
you know, just further growing, further capitalizing on the fact that everything is becoming digitized, everything, all media, creative, all that, and just, just, just pushing that advantage. Um, but yeah, you know, all the stuff like more people, more clients, um, you know, all that stuff that, 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 that's all part of it. But I think that, you know, uh, it's very, I'm very interested to see what, you know, what, how that whole, like when everything becomes digital is digital still going to be a word that people put in their offerings and, or how's that going to be represented? I think like the agencies that can jump that gap, um, or the digital agencies that can jump gap will be really successful. I think it's interesting. A lot of whilst we are going digital, a lot of people still have no idea what's going on in the digital world, especially big businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting conversation to have and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it really is. I mean, it's you know, I I I also think though, like like I don't know, like I'm I don't know about yourself or or your listeners, but like I'm I'm in my thirties. I'm seeing now guys my age getting to like high, you know higher up on when they're working in, in 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 brands and organizations they're becoming like the heads of digital and they're slowly becoming the CMOs and they are turning around these big businesses and saying hey you know the the previous my my predecessor was potentially not as interested in digital but I am because I grew up with it so as we, as our, as our, you know, assuming we're sort of a similar age, but as, as our kind of generation gets a bit older and, you know, gets into these into these positions of of strategic power, sorry, I'm hearing it happening a lot more that the CMOs and heads of digital for major brands are coming in at their 30s and yeah, because really I mean they're eminently qualified. They're, they're you know like change guards. Digital natives, you know, hate that word, but like it's, it's true. Like they use digital; it affects their lives. It's not conceptual. Like they're on Instagram, they're on Snapchat, they're they're interacting with these assets in a practical manner. Um, whereas if you're in your fifties, you may not, you know, you may not be as embedded with these, you know, with the kind of the digital world around you. How about yourself? Do you find yourself going on Instagram, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff? Or, man, I, I'm a like like so. I love the I love the digital world. I mean, like I'm a you know I, I'm not I'm not as big on the socials, but I'm like love my online gaming. You know, like just like to me, it's like that like that, that I can just like when I when I feel up for it, I can just spend two three hours and just kill it playing like you know FIFA or Rocket League like. You know, and play with people from all over Australia. That's just awesome. Like, like digital does that, you know. And that's and and I have like that that tangible appreciation for it. Like, or or like my mates that have like found their their you know their their future wives off Tinder. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, uh, ten years ago or maybe twenty years ago, if you didn't have the confidence to approach a chick at a bar, you'd be fucked. But now you've got Tinder. That's what I'm right. Like. Tinder does that, and, and I mean that's all. That's all digital. So, you know, I guess it fundamentally influences the way we live our lives. So, um, yeah, there's just so much opportunity going forward for brands to to just do more with it. Do you see yourself going into any other businesses in the next few years, or is it? Um, if you asked me that question like four years ago, I would have said no because I, I would have. 100% been very fo- I'm one of those like I'm not good at multitasking mm-hmm. um, so 
but having said that, you know, like there's, um, I've, 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 I've been involved with some other, a couple of other ventures. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some stuff in esports, and, um, you know, I, the, the, the one thing I will say is that, uh, you know, I got a, I reckon that there's going to be some very talented people in GMG that eventually go off and want to start their own thing, and I think by me being where I am, I'm going to be able to help them. So potentially invest in them, you know, mentor them. And, you know, I already work with them so they're a proven entity. Um, you know, maybe maybe be involved in other businesses with other people that I've, that I've sort of worked with and trust. Which is almost an incubator accidentally in that sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we end up hiring like very like the, the E-type, the entrepreneur type, like because we're like we're a very dynamic environment. You really need to be, you know, have a sort of a, a – a, a predisposition for problem solving. So, you know, it's not un- it's not unusual that a lot of people leave our walls and start their own businesses. So maybe more about when you said problem solving, what kind of problems are you solving on a day-to-day basis? Oh, man, everything. Um, like, it's... It, you, you guys know, often find new like, like, that you like, put out, or...? So, sorry? Are there often fires need to be put out? Or is it more kind of logistical oh, kind of time. stuff? All the time. Fires, fires. When you have, when you're dealing with people, fires are inevitable because you know human nature is is such. But you know, like when I say problem, pro- like you know, when I say problem solving, that often has a negative connotation. But it's like you know, a lot of these things are opportunities. Like you know, you've got we've got clients like, like for example, like. Uh, like one three cabs who are you know Australia's largest taxi provider, you know they are literally in a process in an industry that's being uh, disrupted by you Generally know like your Ubers yeah. and your Olas and your DDs and that. So you know we have to figure out or help them figure out you know how to survive and thrive through that. Um, you know all the way through to more like you know more operational problems like you know when you when you are an independent agency. You know, with such a complex hiring process, and you do win a new client, sometimes there's a case of, you know, we're under-resourced. You know, um, you say, "Go ahead, will you take on a you know big retainer, and you've got to bring on five people in a space of a month, but you don't want to compromise on your on your on your hiring process." So that sometimes is a challenge. You've got to figure out, okay, where can we bring people in? Um, you know, who can work a bit extra? How do we how do we solve those resource gaps? That's really awesome. Mm. Nick, if there is anything else that you want to leave audiences with before we end this call, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to someone, I guess? Um, Let's put it this way. Let me question. rephrase that question. If you were to start again today, mm-hmm. what would you be doing? Um, if, if I knew what I knew If you knew now, what you know, know now and you had to start I mean, fresh. I'd do exactly the same thing. I'd Get do exactly the same thing. I'd probably even probably make some of them the same mistakes again, <laughs> <laughs> shamefully. Um, but like to, to go back to your original question, what do I like kind of want to leave people with? Um, because it's it's sort of um going on this journey. I've learned that you can't fake desire. Um, like I mentioned, like you know, I think when we were chatting earlier, Joss, I mentioned a book that I read, think like Think and Grow Rich. Um, you know, so, somewhat of a misleading title, but like a, a t- anyone that's serious in business needs to read this book. Um, and there's one of the early chapters in the book is about desire. And basically, 
like desire is like it's your fuel it's your yeah. it's 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 going to ultimately get you through everything that there is to get you through in business or not so you know i guess what the one thing i want to leave people with is like be a realistic about what it is that you want because if you don't want something bad enough then you're not going to pay the price to get it you're not going to do the late nights you're not going to go through the stress you're not going to go through the heartache and that's okay it just means that don't like understand that the level at which you want to play at with your natural desire and and, and go for it mate it has been epic thank you for joining us on the show and if people do want to connect with you further and learn more about even i guess see what it takes to join the gmg team where can they go and what's the best way to connect with you personally um so my my email is just um nick at gmgdigital.com.au um just you know anyone wants to chat about digital more than happy to you can hit us up through our um facebook page uh yeah that's uh or, or you can find me on linkedin uh nick grinberg g-r-i-n-b-e-r-g epic all right guys awesome until, mate until next time thanks for having me i appreciate thank it thank you for coming on the show see you all the next episode